This is episode 368 of the Going to Beyond the Food podcast. And today we're going to talk about thought work and how it plays a role with your relationship to food, body, and health. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Going to Beyond the Food show, the only podcast that teaches you how to reshape your mind, not your body, to make your life better, bigger, and bolder, your undieted life. I'm your host, Stephanie Dodier, reformed dieter, nutritionist, and coach. You ready? Let's do this. Welcome back, my sisters, to another Greatest Hits episode, and this is a duo, a duo Greatest Hits. So I'm bringing back a podcast, actually two podcasts, podcasts 280 and 281 that were split in two because there was a lot in there. And I'm bringing them back as one unit so you can get the entire message and the teaching that I'm doing around thought work. So what exactly is thought work? Thought work is the gym, the training method for your mind, for your brain. It is said that we have 60,000 thoughts in a day from the world of neuroscience. Now, the vast majority of these thoughts are unconscious. And a small percentage is conscious. And these thoughts create our emotions. The way we feel is created by the thoughts we think. And the way we feel produce the action or the inaction that we take in life. So a great example of that would be our eating behavior. We think certain thoughts about food. This food is good. This food is bad. I don't know how to eat. I'm out of control. You know, that kind of thoughts, which creates anxiety, resentment, doubt in our body. And that is physically present in our body. And it feels really uncomfortable, And in order to deal with that discomfort, we have a reaction. We have a physical representation of that discomfort into the world, like emotional eating. So many people, perhaps you, are looking for a solution for emotional eating. The solution to emotional eating is not to control and address the pattern of the emotional behavior, but instead it's about finding the thoughts you're thinking that creates the overwhelm of emotion that makes you reach out for food in order to feel better. That's when thought work comes in. So without any further ado, my team will roll in. The two episodes blend into one that explain all of the details behind thought work. Enjoy. Hey, if you're new to the Going Beyond the Food show, our podcast roadmap has been designed with you in mind. With over 350 episodes available to listen, it can feel overwhelming to know which episode to prioritize for you. The podcast guide answers the top five questions women have when they enter our world of going beyond the food 
to unlearn diet culture. To get your free copy of our podcast roadmap guide, head over to stephaniedozier.com forward slash roadmap or use the hyperlink in the show notes. I'll see you on the other side. Welcome in my sisters. This is going to be a two-part podcast episode. We haven't done these in like years now. Why a two-part episode? Well, thought work in my practice, in my life, and what I believe into is such an important topic that I wanted to make sure I can unpack it well for you. And also want to give you time to reflect between the two segment or the two phase of learning of taught work. Most important is I want to teach you today in part one, the basic of thought work. And then in part two, I'm going to teach you how it specifically applied to women and diet culture or unlearning diet culture or <laughs> dieting your life, stopping dieting. So how to take the base principle of thought work and apply it to what we have in common in this community. I believe that thought work is the most important skill a woman can learn. Thought work or working with our mind is not taught in any schooling system. And there's a reason for that. I'm going to get into this into part two. Thought work or working with our mind or learning to manage our mind is something that we need to learn on our own, either by seeking a book, by seeking a therapist, by seeking a podcast like this one, or working within a coaching program. Something you have to voluntarily sign up for in your life. But when a woman learns thought work, it is the best investment that she can make towards her own life, her own success, because with that tool, she can solve every problem. Literally, every problem we face can be worked through using thought work. Only when you learn to manage your mind or thought work Can you be truly free, happy, and fulfilled? Ready? So let's start with part one. What the hell is thought work? So let's step back a minute and think about this. We go to the gym to train our muscles to be stronger. We go for a run to train our cardiorespiratory capacity to have more endurance. We go to yoga to train our tendon, our ligament, to be more mobile and flexible. We train nearly every part of our body but one. In fact, we are taught to train all aspects of our body but the most important part of our body. The most important part, the one part of our body that actually controls all the other part of our body. This is what I call the supreme commanding officer of your body. What is that part? Your brain. Why do I say that your brain is the commanding officer? Well, it's in control of everything that happened in our body, therefore in our life. Everything that happened in our body has its origin in our brain from our heartbeats, to 
to the movement of our legs to walk, to the food we taste, to the size of our body. Our body interprets our environment via our brain. Our brain produced thoughts in order to give command to the rest of our body and that to survive and thrive in the environment we live in. How does our brain does this? How does our brain gives command to the rest of our body? Via electricity, via energy, via our thoughts. In a very simplistic explanation, our brain is made up of millions of neural pathways. Think of it as wire and wire that touch each other in our brain when a command is passed to the rest of our body. These neural pathways connect, these wire touch each other, and a signal, a command, an energy is passed and sent to the rest of the body via our central nervous system, our spine, and our nerves. Most of this happens without you being aware. Imagine you being aware of every command your brain gives, like every heartbeat, every breath, every little movement, every hormone production, everything. You would go nuts. It says that humans have an average of 60,000 thoughts in a day. Now, the vast majority are unconscious. We're not aware of these command of these thoughts. But some of these, we are aware. This is what we call our conscious thoughts. So when the wire cross in our brain, a thought is created, and we're aware of it, that connection, that burst of energy, that signal travels through our spine and our nerve into the rest of our body and we feel it as sensation. Think of your as gut feelings, as perhaps tension in your shoulder when you're stressed, cold in our chest when we feel ashamed, butterfly when we meet someone that we're attracted to. These are all sensation in our body that originate from our brains and our thoughts. These sensations we name as emotions. Emotions are the interpretation of these sensations in our body. Our emotion is what ignite our actions. Think of it as gut reaction, right? We take action in our life based on how we feel. When we feel confident, we take bold action towards our goal. We ask the person we're attracted to out. We buy the thing we've always wanted. But we feel anxious also. And when we feel anxious, instead of going for the person we are attracted to, we mumble distorted word and we contract in face of a person we're attracted to. We numb, we Netflix, we eat. The choice of our action or reaction to our emotion is what we call our action. And the sum of our action create the reality we experience, the result we have in life. Let's look at an example of how this works in real life. Same circumstance, two different outcomes. 
Scenario one, person X is standing about 10 feet away from you having a coffee. You think person X is amazing. You think that you would just be able to connect and jive together. You think that this person would probably like you too. So you feel confident and you decide to go for it. You walk up to the person and you introduce yourself, you chat, you connect with this person and create a relationship. You enjoy your time with this amazing person. Scenario two. Person X is standing 10 feet away from you having a coffee. You think person X is amazing. You think she's so amazing that she'll never want to hang out with you. So you feel anxious. You stay back, lurking at this person from a distance. You end up going home without talking to person X. On your way home, you ruminate as to why you didn't approach this person, overthink about everything that is wrong with you and how you'd be alone for the rest of your life. And when you get home, you feel so terrible about yourself that you grab whatever food's in front of you, open Netflix, and stay on the couch for the rest of the night. It's not the circumstance that change, but our thought about the circumstance that change the experience and the outcome. You want to change the outcome of this scenario? Well, the way to change the outcome is to change our thoughts about the circumstance. That's what we call taught work. We cannot control other people, places, things that trigger us. We can only control our reactions. Thought work is about actively working on changing the thoughts we think. Thought work is not about stopping ourselves from having thought because that's impossible. (laughs) Instead, it's about changing the thought we think. Thought work is about learning to train your mind to think differently. Just like at the beginning, I shared with you how we train our heart and our lungs to have more endurance capacity. Thought works change the way we think through neuroplasticity. This change of thought isn't the outcome of changing the circumstance of our life, because that is not possible. The circumstance stays the same. The way you interpret the circumstance changes. The thoughts you're having about the circumstance change. How do we do thought work so we can change the way we think? The process to do thought work is what we call self-coaching. The self-coaching model. Think of it as a step one, two, three, four, five. In the same way that we have a training plan to increase our cardiovascular capacity, our conditioning, self-coaching is the training plan for our mind. The self-coaching model is the formula. It's derived from cognitive behavior therapy, and it's reformatted to be created in an individual application of CBT. Self-coaching is simple, right? It's some of you may have heard it as CTFAR, right? It's a five-step process. So C stands for the circumstance, right? Just like the example I gave you, the walking into the room and seeing person X, that's the circumstance, that's neutral, right? There's no opinion about this. There's no different variation. It's a fact. You walk into a room and you see person X. 
The T in self-coaching stands for the thought, the thoughts that you have about walking in to the room and seeing person X. The F stands for the feelings you have, the emotion you have as a result of the thoughts you think. The A line is the action or the behavior that are produced as a result of the way you feel. And the last step, the last line in the self-coaching model is the result. It's the outcome of the action you took. Otherwise said, the reality you create for yourself. CTFAR, the self-coaching model, thought work, is how all human brain works. All human brain works in the same process. Circumstance, thought, feeling, action, result. And I can guarantee that your brain works in the same way. You listen to me right now, you have a human brain, and your brain function in this way. When you use the self-coaching model to change your thoughts, as a byproduct of changing your thought, your opinion about a circumstance, the way you feel change, therefore, without effort, the action you take also change. Therefore, the reality, the result you have in your life change. There's no need for willpower into your action. There's no need to discipline yourself. There's no need for mantra. There's no need for affirmation or any other exterior force upon the behavior. The behavior, the action change naturally as a result of the new emotion you created for yourself as a result of the new way of thinking. That's how we do thought work. Here's some truth about having a human brain, okay? Thoughts, right? The thoughts we have are just a string of words put together. Thoughts are not facts. Thoughts are simply opinion. You can't control other people's thoughts. You can only control yours. Therefore, nothing outside of you has the power to make you feel a certain way. You create all the emotion you experience. How? By the way you think. It's not the circumstance, but the thought that create your experience. You can feel better now, today, without changing anything in your life. You can be confident without losing a pound. What you have to do, change the way you think about your body. The way you feel better about something is to change your thoughts about the thing, including your body. Your feeling are what produce your behavior, your action, and even your inaction, right? Some people in certain circumstances fall into paralysis. Paralysis is an action, It's an action of doing nothing, but you are doing something. You're paralyzed. What creates paralysis is the way you feel. A belief, a core belief, right? Depending how you have listened to podcasts or read book, core beliefs, belief system. 
Beliefs is simply a thought you have been thinking for a long time. You can change your belief in the same way you can change your thought. It's just going to take a little bit longer because it's well embedded in your mind. You can't permanently change any result in your life without changing your beliefs or your thoughts. That's the problem with most coaching is that it's solely focused on changing the action or the behavior. When you change the action, but you don't change the thoughts or the feeling behind those actions, there's resistance. And that makes it for a difficult process. And it's impossible to see real sustainable change long-term. The prime example of this very common coaching industry problem is dieting and or food restriction of any form. Most nutrition programs are not about changing the thoughts or the feeling. It's simply about changing the action, right? The diets, the guru, the program gives you instruction, a list of food to eat or not to eat, how much to eat, when to eat, how to eat, all action and behavior. But in order to maintain the action of the behavior, you must resort to force, willpower, and discipline because you have opposing force pushing in the other direction. Failure is guaranteed to ensue. When we treat the symptom, the action of the behavior, instead of the root cause, right? All my functional medicine peep here, right? We have to treat the root cause. The root cause is your thoughts and your feelings. And if you don't address the root cause to the behavior, the thoughts and the feeling, the behavior is certain to reappear long-term. Thought work is a way to solve the root cause of any behavior permanently and to create a different result in your life. So let's look at another example about being confident. Same circumstance, two different outcome. Scenario one, you walk into a room, mostly filled with people that are stranger to you. As you walk in, people into the room turn to look at you. You interpret these looks with the thoughts, they must think I'm lazy and undisciplined, they can't stop staring at me, I know I'm fat and ugly, you don't need to look at me this way, and then you start feeling hot heat all over your face. You recognize that you feel ashamed, so you make your way to the further corner of the room, grab your phone and pretend texting someone. You stay there watching the room from the corner of your eyes, always pretending to be busy on your phone. As a result, no one comes over to talk to you. Scenario two, you walk into the same room, mostly stranger to you. As you walk into the room, people turn to look at you. You interpret these looks with the thought, huh, I wonder who this is. I don't know them. I wonder, maybe I've met this person before. Let me smile at them and see if I can connect with someone. Yep, that person smiled back at me. Let me see if I can strike a conversation. You walk over to the person, say hi, introduce yourself. As a result, you've met someone and you created a connection. I know this is a very common scenario to many women listening. So are you scenario one or two? I used to be number one and now... I'm number two. I didn't become number two with <laughs> magic fairy dust 
or because I woke up one morning and decided that I had enough and I just flip a switch that only me has. <laughs> None of that. I didn't lose weight. As a matter of fact, I did lose weight at some point in my life because I've lost and gained a lot of weight. But when I was smaller, that scenario was actually worse because I was beating myself for still thinking something was wrong with me, even though I was smaller. Talk about a mess. What I did to flip from one to two without losing an inch, without losing a pound, I trained myself to think differently about being in my body. I had to do thought work about my body image. Just like most women, I believe that I should have been able to control my body size and my inability to do so meant that I was lazy, lacked self-discipline, and I ultimately was unworthy of people's approbation. I had to train my brain to no longer think these thoughts, therefore no longer believe that I should be able to control my body. I had to learn to believe that the size of my body wasn't something I could control, that the size of my body didn't mean anything about my worth into this world. And like any other human, I was born innately worthy. That's thought work. The key here is to realize that we have the liberty, the freedom to think the way we want to. You can think that being fat makes you lazy and undisciplined, or you also have the freedom to think being fat means nothing about you. It's your choice. You have the freedom to think whatever the hell you want. The problem is that most women think they do not have a choice in what they can think or cannot think about their body. They think that fatness equals laziness and ugliness. It's a fact. It's like there's a certificate. My student will laugh now. There's a certificate that says so. So it is a fact. It's not something I can change or think otherwise. Just like H2O is a formula the chemistry formula of water, that's a fact. Just like I did, these women, like I did for nearly 25 years, believe that I should be able to control my body. That's a fact. And if I don't, it means something about me. For sure, if you think it's a fact that you should be able to control your body, you're going to think it means something about you, right? Because you're incapable to do the thing you think you should. And for good reason, we think that. I did it for decades. This is why thought work is essential to all women. When we don't learn to change the way we think, we stay trapped in diet culture forever and beyond. Learning to manage our mind as women is the greatest skill we can learn. Thought work is the only path on learning diet culture, making peace with food and body image. We will get into this into part two of this podcast, how thought work is essential to women and how to do it. In the meantime, if just listening to this is a space where you say, oh my God, I need this. I need thought work. I need to learn the framework of self-coaching. That's what we do in both of our program, that it is our regular population program or a professional program 
That's the first step. That's the first thing we do for the first month. As of right now, we are the only program that focus on helping women with thought work, combining it with intuitive eating, body neutrality. That's what makes us unique. And that's what makes us so good at what we do. If you are brand new to thought work, We'll teach it to you as you come into the program. We'll help you learn to manage your mind and unpack diet culture. But if you're not new to thought work and you've used thought work in other places in your life, we will teach you how to use it with intuitive eating and body neutrality. So if you're someone who's struggling with intuitive eating, you've read the book, maybe even hired a coach and work with someone. And for some reason, I'm using air quote here, it just doesn't stick for you. You'll want to listen to part two, because I'll show you exactly what to do. And if you are at war with yourself, knowing that you can't go back and diet again, but you refuse to accept your body, and you're stuck in that duality, must listen to part two, or start learning taught work right away. But in part two, I'll share with you why this is happening and how to shift this. I got to stop talking now. I'm going to get over time. This is why I wanted to make a two-part podcast. I have a lot to say about this. So I'll see you in part two of this podcast series on thought work. This is part two, the final episode of a two-part series on thought work. I'm going to start this episode with a story. It's actually something that really happened just over the weekend. (laughs) Like as I'm recording this on Tuesday, it happened on Sunday. So from time to time, I do an open Q&A on Instagram. So if you're an IG person, you know, in the story, I put a Q&A box and I ask people to ask me any question, like fair game, everything is open and I have to answer all of them. It's fun. And this weekend, the Q&A got really personal and somebody asked me, how do you deal with people commenting on your body? Such a great question. So my answer to this question is a perfect example of thought work and how thought work can impact one's life. You see, I used to care a lot about what people thought or said about my body. In fact, I care so much that I spent a substantial amount of my resources, mainly time, money, and mental space, managing this aspect of my life. The way in which I managed this potential situation where people would think or say something about my body was dieting or being a good repentant fat person by trying really, really hard to shrink my body. One of the two has been my life or was my life for 25 years. What I wanted truly was not to be on the diet. Like there's no women out there who wakes up one day and say, yes, I'm going to be on a diet today. I'm going to hate my body and I'm going to have a shitloads of mean girl's voice in my head. None of us do that. Or at least if you do, please come and see me and tell me that there's an exception to this rule. I've never met you, but maybe you exist. But vast majority of us, I'm pretty safe to say, 
don't want to do that. What we want is something else. We are chasing a feeling of safety, a feeling of confidence, right? And in this example, what I wanted was to avoid other people's words, other people's thoughts, other people's opinion about me and my body. So when someone would actually say something out loud about my body, it was like, oh my God, she knows what's really going on. I felt like being seen in the most secret part of my soul. And that would send me down in a spiral of shame like nothing else could. That was before thought work. So let's go back to the question of the Instagram follower. Here's the answer I gave this follower. I don't deal with people's thoughts or what people think or say about my body. I stopped caring more about what other people thought about me or my body and decided to spend more time caring about what I thought of myself and my body. Now, that concept never occurred to me before thought work. Thought work showed me that each human is responsible for their own mind. Therefore, I can't control other people's thoughts, words, or action. I can only control my own thoughts, words, or action. With thought work, I rebuilt my own opinion of myself and my body. I have totally different thoughts words or ways to speak about me or my body today than before thought work. And as a result of this, I stopped dieting. I know that other people's words are a reflection of what is going on in their own mind. People who comment on other people's body struggle with their own body image. They have thoughts worries about their own body. So when they see bodies that looks like them or believe that they look like them, it's a trigger. They are only vocalizing what is going on silently in their own mind. So today, I have compassion for people who comment on my body or think things about my body. As a result of this thought work, and this new opinion that I have of myself and my body, I don't comment on other people's body. And people don't comment on my own body. I walk into a room and people can feel my confidence in myself and my body. Most often, in fact, people are attracted to me because of my confidence. It's like witchcrafting. <laughs> Seriously. Thought work is very similar to belief in the spiritual world that's called manifesting. So my all my spiritual sister will know exactly what I mean. If you're not spiritual and you don't hang out with woo-woo people, think the movie or the book, The Secret, right? So there's a belief that we attract what we are. Well, thought work is the evidence-based version of manifestation, now, there's a formula called self-coaching, and we have to write down our thoughts and go through a model and all of that. Like, it's not just about having mantra and positive thinking, right? That's the difference is the process between manifesting and thought work that is different. In fact, I spent years in spiritual circle, like very deep in it. That's a story for another day. <laughs> 
but I was never able or capable of changing my thought using manifestation or positive thinking or mantra. It's only when I was introduced to thought work that the change in my thoughts happened. It was the most powerful experience. It gave me a structure, right? I'm a very, some people say left brain, right? I needed a structure that's grounded in science and it worked very effectively for me. In part one of this podcast, I talked about the formula or the process for thought work. So I'm not going to repeat that here. Also in part one, I told you that I would share something with you here that I would explain for you how we can be at war with ourselves, knowing that we don't want to go back on a diet because it doesn't work. But at the same time, we refuse to accept our body. Like, you know, this space of duality. Here's how I'm going to explain the space of duality for you. I'm going to introduce you to a concept of coaching concept that I've created after years of doing this, like teaching women how to end years of dieting. And it's called diet brain. So that's a coaching concept that I coined myself because I kept seeing the same thing happening. Patients after patients, clients after clients, like wherever I went and did this work, it was the same thing. I kept seeing the same error in thinking present in me and all these women. Diet brain is the way in which our brain adapts to diet culture, to the deprivation of dieting, to the self-loading and the self-critical thought. You see, human brain are magnificent, powerful organ. They control, like our brain controls everything that happens in our body. But it's also highly adaptative. There's this concept in neuroscience called neuroplasticity that explain how our brain are highly adaptive and are able to change all along our life, right, in order to survive. Well, women's brain, going through diet culture, dieting, adapts. And to adapt, what I have observed is that this pattern of adaptation comes through the four most common error in thinking that I'm going to share with you here. So these four thought errors are what makes up diet brain. Number one is perfectionism, right? Is that space where we all get stuck that we have to do everything perfectly, otherwise might as well not do it, right? And it's the thought error that allows us to stay in dieting, even though we know it doesn't work, right? Because we believe that we are the problem, not the diet, and we just got to try harder. And that expends for the rest of our life. By the way, those four thought error starts with dieting and because it never works and we always have to try to be good enough, they propagate just like plants to the rest of our life, to our relationship, to our career, to everything. We become these four thought errors in the vast majority of our life. So number one was perfectionism. Number two was or is all or nothing 
black or white thinking, good or bad thinking dichotomy. Just tell me what's good, what's bad, and I'm going to do what's good. If I'm on the diet, I'm on the diet. Or if I'm off the diet, I'm off the diet, and I bitch on all the food that I've been restricted. Again, a pattern acquired from dieting. For most of us, when we leave diet culture, (laughs) being in that gray zone is extremely challenging because our brain is not wired to not be in the all or nothing. Third thought error, people pleasing, right? And this is another reason why we stay in dieting is because we are chasing the thin ideal because we need external validation, right? We've been told all our life that we must please other. And then society has responded back to say, well, if you want to satisfy me and please me, you need to be thin. So go chase the thin ideal. And then the last thought error is mental filtering. This is when we literally put glasses on every morning and we say, It's my body's fault. Everything that goes on in my life is because of the size of my body. It's because my body is not thin enough or because my body is not beautiful enough. We're constantly comparing ourselves and seeing everything that is bad through our body. And if we fix our body, then everything will be perfect. Does that sound familiar? (laughs) Diet brain is what's driving the duality of knowing that Diets are not working, but you can't stop dieting or you can't stop hating your body. These four thought errors is what creates that space of suffering that most of us are stuck into. And we keep thinking, if I can only lose the weight or eat perfectly, then I'll be okay. Changing these thought error. That's what thought work does. It gives you a step-by-step process to change this error in thinking so you can end the duality, undiet your life, and move on to create what you want in your life. I want to be clear and state that none of these thought error are caused by you. You then wake up one day and decide to be perfectionist, all or nothing, mental filtering, or people pleasing. It's not you. You've not consciously decided to have a twisted way of thinking to fit diet culture. It's not your fault. Most and many of us women have been indoctrinated in these thought error in order to perform what I call the good girl syndrome. I had an entire podcast episode on that, but basically the good girl syndrome is how us young women, young girls are indoctrinated and socialized in a way of thinking that makes them the perfect candidate for that culture, the beauty industry and the weight loss industry. This is the same way that young boys are indoctrinated unconsciously in toxic masculinity. And toxic masculinity, this way of wiring and indoctrinating and socializing young boys into this way of thinking makes them the perfect target, for example, for the gaming industry, right? 
because toxic masculinity says a man should engage in violence and enjoy violence, a perfect target for gaming. Let's come back to women, because that's what this podcast is about here. So it's not your fault. Like there's an entire system of belief behind this way of thinking that you have acquired, right? The good girl syndrome. This is why diet culture is so strong and powerful because it rewires, it has an entire system ready there, rewiring all of our brain so that we're effectively led to have these beliefs and to be the perfect target for weight loss and now the wellness industry. Now, the cool thing is that by becoming aware that there is such a thing, that there these beliefs are not the only way to live your life, that there is other ways of engaging with our body, with food, with our beauty as women, and we can change. Now we have the solution, right? Thought works or self-coaching. We can change the way we think so we can then dismantle within us the concept of the good girls and diet culture and perfectionism or all or nothing. This can all be undone. Not doing thought work is actually what's keeping us in diet culture, in dieting and obsessing with food and body. Because what it does is it makes us obsess about our weight, right? But the truth is, we know that biologically, scientifically, we can't control our body. We can't control our weight. What we can control is our thoughts. So if you want to change how you feel about your body, example, if you want to feel confident in your now body, what you have to do is start paying attention to what you believe to be true about your body. What have you been thought to think about your body that leads you to feel the way you feel? What most people tend to do is to change the circumstance, change their body, change their pant size, argue with their mom about their opinion about their body in hope to feel better. That's a backward approach because it ignores What's going on inside of our mind, what's going on inside of our mind is what determines how we feel, how we react, how we do things. That's that backward approach is the approach of diet culture, of dieting, right? Making us do things, action to change our body, but never changing the way we think. The key here is understanding why we react the way we do, investigating our thoughts and seeing how they create our reality. That's the first step in thought work. Then we can decide how we want to feel and act. That's intentional thinking. That's when we take control of our thoughts and say, yay, dude, I don't want to think this way no more. <laughs> this is where I'm going. And now we apply the concept of intentional thinking. There's one prerequisite to thought work. There's one thing you need to come to the table with in order for thought work to work is that you are responsible for your life. 
No one else. You got to grab that responsibility back and show up to the table and say, okay, teach me how to do taught work. I know I own my own life. If you're not in that space yet, that's the work you need to do. Like I'm responsible for my life. I can control my life. Then come to the table and say, okay, let's learn taught work. Now, this is why also thought work is so powerful. Because we realize that in the same way we create our pain and suffering, because we took responsibility for that, we can also create joy, abundance, confidence, peace, fun, whatever you want. Because you created the pain and suffering, you can create anything else. In the context of what we do here in, in our little world of beyond the food and undieting our life. When we work with our clients, we start with food and body because these are the most pressing issue for our women. So we start teaching thought work and then we right away apply it to food and body. We use that process of thought work to do food and body, but then the methodology is learned, the process is learned, people are actively doing their thought work, guess what? They can apply it to the rest of their life because it's the same process. Anything you want to create, you want to become an intuitive eater, change the way you think, and you're going to become an intuitive eater. Want to make more money? Change the way you think, you're going to make more money, right? This is how I created what I have in my life, right? All the magnificent things that I have that truly make me happy in the last 10 years have been because of thought work, right? 25 years of dieting ended because of thought work. Becoming an intuitive eater, thought work. Being neutral in my body at the weight that I am, thought work. Professionally, recently, in the last two and a half year, I created this powerful program for health professional called non-diet mentorship program. This program is incredible and lean result like nothing else in the industry. In fact, we're the only program in that zone in our industry. That's because of thought work. Because just, I don't know, five or six years ago, I never thought me that I could teach other professional. My thought was, who are you to teach this to other professional? Thought work brought me to a place where I felt confident to pass on what I'm teaching you to other professional. Last year, here's another example of thought work. Last year, so for those listening that later, we're talking 2020, the year of COVID. Well, guess what? I increased my business by 106% in the midst of a pandemic, 100% due to thought work. Well, let's talk about the pandemic some more. I live alone. I'm single. I'm alone. Living alone in the midst of a pandemic that as of right now, I've been lasting for 13 months and not going bunker, 100% thought work. Like thought work would have not been there. I would have gone crazy. Here's another one. Being a health expert in a fat body. 
eight, nine years ago, that was the worst fear in my life. Today, I am a health expert in a fat body, and I'm totally at peace with that. Why? Thought work. In the same Q&A that I opened the show with, one of the followers asked me what she should be doing in the beginning stages of realizing there's such a thing as diet culture. Maybe you're listening. You know who you are. My answer, thought work. As women born and raised in a system of belief named diet culture, thought work is the solution for you to learn what you need to do to get out of diet culture. Thought work is the path to undiet your life. Noticing all the self-critical thoughts, noticing all the craziness you have in your mind about food is the path to become an intuitive eater. You, my listener, if you're ready to learn thought work, take back your mind from diet culture, join us, come practice with us. Until next time, my sister, I love you, and I'll see you on the next episode. If you are loving what you're learning on the podcast, you have to come and check out Undiet Your Life. This is where we get to hang out together, where you get the individual help applying the concept thought on the podcast while learning new coaching tool that will make your life even more amazing. It's also where you get to apply the learning to think better, eat better, and feel better and create your undieted life, your better, bigger, and bolder life. Go to stephaniedoze.com forward slash join. I'd love to have you join us inside of Undiet Your Life, and I'll see you on the other side.